This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Hi, it's Claire Kimball here, the founder of The Squiz. This week marks six years of putting out The Squiz Today podcast, and I just wanted to say a huge thank you for listening. If you love what we do, and we hope you do, please tell your friends about us. It's all the birthday present we could ever need. The Weekly Wrap is the week in news and what's coming up. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. In the Weekly Wrap this week, we talk Matthew Perry and propaganda before diving headfirst into our Prime Minister's trip to China. Yeah, and just to clarify, we're not suggesting that there's propaganda around Matthew Perry. We've got two <laughs> very different buckets of those <laughs> It things. did sound like that. When I just said it, I thought, <laughs> yeah, these two are two very separate yeah, stories. Yeah, just to be clarifying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Prime Minister's trip to China will be a big story this weekend and into next week. Uh, he's heading also to the Pacific Island Forums and then back to the United States for APEC. Yeah, it's a foreign policy blitz. We'll also talk interest rates, the Melbourne Cup and we're hiring. Claire, I despair. The most clicked link out of the Squiz Today newsletter this week was not the firefighters' calendar for 2024. Kate, most weeks I reckon I can pick exactly what will be the most clicked link this week completely not. Because the way you positioned it in the newsletter was not just firefighters, it was kittens, there were puppies, it was a whole thing. It was the very definition of clickbait and (laughs) it didn't come (laughs) off. What was the most clicked link was to Australia's Architecture Awards and I'm really quite discombobulated about that. So confused. (laughs) That's very sophisticated of squizzes. Well done to you. The firefighters calendar was for a good cause though, so I really thought it would get over the line to raise money for charity, but alas... It was about the third or fourth most clicked link of the week. Exactly. We'll put a link to it in your episode notes if you really (laughs) want to have a look. One of the biggest stories this week, Claire, was the death of Matthew Perry. You and I both read his book earlier in the year. Quite the person. Yeah, he really was. You loaned me that book. I only clarify that because we've talked a little bit about my lack of reading this year. This was the one book you read. It's the one book I've read and it was a really easy read. Um, I learned a lot about addiction. I don't think I'd really had that finer understanding about Mm. addiction and what it truly means to be addicted. Um, And this quote stuck with me. Um, You can track the trajectory of my addiction if you gauge my weight from season to season. This is on Friends. On Friends, yeah. He says... When I'm carrying weight, it's alcohol. When I'm skinny, it's pills. When I have a goatee, it's lots of pills. I'm a very, very, very big fan of Friends, you are. Claire, as many, many, many people are. A blessing and a curse to be that famous for one thing. But as you say in reading this book, his curse really was addiction. Mm. It was such a struggle for him. His book is a really, really honest look at that. Funny in the way that he mm. was funny but incredibly sad. Mm. Also a story of how he tried to help others with addiction too. Yeah, there's a whole thing around that. Of course, he said before he died that that's something that he would like to be known for, Mm. that work that he did with people and with organisations who deal with addiction. Your favourite Chandler moment? My favourite Chandler moment? Uh, yeah, my favourite Chandler moment. I think my favourite episode is the one where Chandler's in a box. And for people who are Friends fans, they'll know exactly what I'm talking <laughs> I about. I think even I know what that's about. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, yep. It's so, so funny. Um, you aren't as big of a Friends fan. No. You're coming around. Yeah, because as a consequence of this, 
I mean, everyone was talking about what a comedic genius yeah. he was um, and exactly, you can't deny the impact of that show. So yeah. this week I started back at season one. <laughs> I'm about three episodes in. <laughs> it's actually a lot better than I remember and I really hope that it stays that way because I'm just every week I'll chip off another couple. Do you know how many people are listening going, we're so jealous that you get to enjoy Friends from the start again well, I without hope knowing. Enjoy. It's, well, I hope enjoy, <laughs> but it's like when you've read a book and you're like, I just really want to oh, read that so again for good. the first time. Yeah. You're getting to do that with Friends. That's amazing. Very true. You mentioned also that you really liked him in The West Wing. He was incredible in The West Wing. I think he even won a couple of awards for that. Yeah. Um, him and Aaron Sorkin went on to do quite a few things together. And of course, that really fast paced, witty, chippy kind of dialogue yeah. that he was very good at. So, yeah, I loved him in The West Wing. See, he was so much more than oh, friends. Yeah. And if you haven't read his book, we do recommend it. A link to it is in your episode notes. A continuing very big story this week, of course, is the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Claire, a lot of ways to come at this one. We've talked about it week in, week out. One way to talk about it this week and something close to our heart is the increasing conversation across the news about dis and misinformation. Very, very important. And it's a theme that really is bubbling up to the top mm. because there is definitely these themes that we know that Squiz is really interested in too. Um, you want to be informed, but it's really tricky. It's really tricky. If people's social media feeds are anything like mine, there's so much information out there on this topic. And sometimes it is really hard to know what's genuine and what isn't, what to believe, what not to believe. To the definitions first, disinformation is information that is deliberately incorrect for a purpose. It's deliberately misleading. So Dis, deliberate, I guess is a good way to remember it. Misinformation is accidentally inaccurate. Yeah, exactly right. And, of course, there's definitely that sort of theme around intent when you're looking at all mm. of that. Um, misinformation is, it's call out really just to be aware of that, those accidentally perhaps not quite on the mark kind of things. Uh, what the experts are saying, check your sources, read credible journalism, um, read, watch, listen widely. Mm. Um, but disinformation is really where it gets quite scary because it goes into propaganda. Which brings us to this conflict and that a lot of the conversation has gone to accusations of propaganda. And this isn't new in the context of war. No, no, no. They call it the fog of war for mm. a reason. There is this fog that sort of descends and you can't really make out what's what. That's been really since wars have been fought. Mm. What is new though, of course, is social media. And these platforms and apps and networks to distribute this sort of content. Um, also, there's so many ways to target certain audiences. You can actually get down to the fine detail of doing that. Um, so, for example, Hamas has been using a platform they call Telegram. So I'd never heard of this. Telegram is an encrypted messenger app. It's HQ headquartered in Dubai. It has 700 million active users. And this is what I mean. And this is what we mean, I guess, about um, this idea that there's so many ways to reach different audiences. The fact that that many people can be using something that you and I really have had no touch point with is quite incredible. Yeah, and look, Telegram's been referenced quite a bit in recent times. I started getting my head around what it was because it was talked a lot about what's happening in Russia and mm. Ukraine. It seems to be a platform that those kind of people, when you're talking about these sort of encrypted messages, are using. Um, a good read on this is from The New Yorker this week. It goes into Hamas and propaganda, also a podcast by the BBC called The battle over disinformation. You pulled that one up. I've just started listening to 
that this morning. Really interesting. Well, yeah, it gives two examples and we've, sorry, we're moving on from Telegram and just talking broadly about propaganda now, but it gives two examples of four-year-old boys who were killed, one Palestinian, one Israeli and how social media denied that they were killed. Links to both of those is in your episode notes to the point of reading, listening, mm. watching widely. They're very good things to do. This stuff is very much front of mind for those in charge of defence in many countries, but particularly Mm. here in Australia. So, for example, we have an information warfare division within defence. The message being not being able to combat disinformation, not being able to identify disinformation is as threatening as physical combat. Yeah, there's a reason why they say that we're out of the industrial age and well and truly into the information age. That sounds very sophisticated, Claire. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> I just borrowed that from someone. It was, it's actually there. I think when I looked up this part of defence, where I looked up on their website, mm. you know, what, what they do, that's sort of their tagline. Mm. This is the new information age. We'll finish this off with a quote from a recent speech by our Chief of Defence, Angus Campbell. He said, it's a bit long, bear with me. We rightly pride ourselves on being an open, diverse and liberal society. In other words, exposed. Healthy and functioning societies such as ours depend on a well-informed and engaged citizenry. Unfortunately, it's often said we are increasingly living in a post-truth world where perceptions and emotions often trump facts. It's a pretty strong quote. Post-truth is still something that yeah, I'm I not quite to get my head, yeah, quite wrap my head around. That either. Oh, it's just extraordinary. And look, it's a perfect time too to mention that as a business, um, we're not just talking about this, we're actually doing something as well. And that's why we develop Squiz Kids. It's really a way to really help the new generations get their head around this kind of stuff, be engaged with news. Uh, And we have a program called News Hounds. Uh, It's a media literacy program. It's for teachers to use in schools. It's to teach primary age kids how to develop those skills to navigate this very complicated world. We've had really excellent support from the Google News Initiative for that, which just a shout out to them for really helping us with that. Um, It's all about teaching kids to stop, think and check. Stop, think and check a lesson we could all heed. Absolutely. Propaganda, Claire, to China. Fitting? Yeah, it actually is really fitting. So (laughs) just to start at the top, um, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese today becomes the first leader to go to China since 2016. Someone reminded me this morning, that's seven years to the maths again. It's quite incredible, <laughs> seven years. Um, it's also to mark the 50th anniversary of Gough Whitlam's historic trip to China in 1973. And gee, in recent times there's been some ups and downs and this does relate directly to propaganda. Yeah, so there's been some similarities drawn to what went down in the late 80s and 90s after the Tiananmen Square massacre. Our Prime Minister at the time, Bob Hawke, very famously broke down in tears over the deaths of hundreds of protesting students who wanted China to become more democratic. It led to years and years of no Western leaders actually ever going to China. Yeah, and that link is really to what's happening today in China with Xi Jinping. Um, Albanese's visit is expected to be used internally in China as a sign of strength Um, and also some commentators are saying that it's very important to Xi because he needs a win. So just to go through that because we often defer to talking about what Australia gets out of a trip like this but I like how you flipped this and gone so what's China China getting getting, out of a trip like this? Um, What some commentators, those in the know, as you said, say is that Xi needs signs that Western nations are wanting a strong relationship with his country, that they're okay with some of the political moves that he's made, things like appointing himself president for life. That's He's done that. We haven't yep. talked about that in a while, but yeah. he's done that. And moving past human rights abuses. 
big things and, yeah. of course, when it comes to um, these sort of conflicts that he's been having not just with Australia but also Canada, the US, the UK, Europe, there's so many of these fires that he's got burning. Um, the idea is that he's going to be able to show his citizens that these are problems that can be diffused. Which brings us to propaganda. There's an expectation that Albanese's visit, as you said, will be used in China for domestic political propaganda purposes, that it's a show of strength for Xi. Knowing all that, what will we get out of it? Let's go to the other side of the coin. (laughs) Look, China's still our biggest trade partner and our exports have really been punished in that falling out over recent years. So hopefully our exports will get back on track. Um, We're talking about barley, beef, cotton, wine, lobsters, grapes, timber. There were so many things that were caught up in that. Um, In some of those cases, other markets have been developed or those producers have pivoted to doing something else. Mm. Um, Barley farmers, for example, planted different crops. Of course, that isn't possible for everyone. I was staggered to read, Claire, that Australian wine exports to China were valued at more than $1 billion before tariffs were put in place. That figure plunged to 12 million, huge change. It's incredible and, of course, very difficult for those wine producers to find new markets for that much wine. For that much wine. A lot of expectation on Anthony Albanese that a trip like this will help reset that trade relationship. The other big issue between China and the world really is that of the Pacific and their push into it, which makes the fact that Albanese is going from China to the Cook Islands for the Pacific Islands Forum a whole thing. So that's PIF. Yeah, PIF. We'll hear about PIF next week. We will. It's not just an exasperated PIF. It's actually a thing. <laughs> You're like, there might be a few PIFs. Yeah, there could well and truly be a few of those. But, yeah, lots of conversation about Australia and our Pacific neighbours. Um, it's, the, you know, lean on us, don't lean on China. Mm. Um, that's a message that we've really been relaying to our Pacific neighbours. So it makes this trip going from China to PIF really quite interesting. No doubt we'll hear about what happens on this trip in Squiz Today across the week, Claire. You'll be all over that. Absolutely. An early heads up the week after is APEC. That's the big one, the Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation. It's in San Francisco. It has like over 20 member countries, including the US and China. Yeah, and Kate, you'd remember you and I did a shortcut on these summits. We did. So yep. It's a good one to revisit if you revisit. need. Revisit. You can go and that have was a, a really long to time what ago. all these forums actually are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we'll be talking about it a lot in the coming week. Before we get into the week coming up, a few things to update people on that we flagged last week. It's not good to just say that stuff's happening and then just drop it. So we'll revisit a couple of the <laughs> yep. things. Sam Kerr and the Ballon d'Or did not win. Didn't win, came second, which is amazing. <laughs> which is really good. It's, it's just a impressive. really big deal. Like it's the award for the best female footballer in the world. So well done, Sam Kerr. She's never won. She did finish third in 2021 and 2022, second this year, maybe second next year for the patterns correct, and then a win in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got to do blocks of two, I don't know. you reckon? I don't know. Okay. I think that's how my brain works. And look, she might need to watch out for Mary Fowler because oh, she's, You and Mary Fowler, well, she's being talked about. <laughs> I have articles that I can show you as the next global superstar. So she's a winner in love as well. Oh, this is what she really wanted to talk about. <laughs> she really wanted to talk about the fact that she's Mary Fowler, not Claire, is officially <laughs> dating Nathan Cleary. Yeah, I can confirm I'm really not dating Nathan, clearly. (laughs) 
theory. I'm just glad I can put that on this podcast. It was going to be a bit confusing. (laughs) The other story we talked about last week was the White Island Volcano Trial. The final judgment happened this week. It found that Fakari Management Limited, who own the island, were guilty of not doing enough to keep visitors safe during the 2019 eruption. That obviously took 22 lives, including 17 Australians, Claire. Yeah, the sentencing for that is in February. There's a $1.3 million fine on the table for that. So that's something to put in the diary for next year. Um, Also coming up this week, uh, of course, Albanese's trips. That will be a lot, as we've just talked about. Um, And in there, there's a public holiday for Victoria. Of course, it's Cup Week. Now, you've told us last week all about your horse trainer background. Yes. Jeans. Yes. As we'll put it. Do you have a tip? Not that I'm going to share at this point, maybe a bit later. Okay. You've got to wait for the barrier draw. You don't know what the weather's going to be. Oh, There's lots of variants. Definitely showing my ignorance. And does that sound like I really don't know at the moment? Yeah, you haven't picked, you haven't looked, you (laughs) haven't picked. I really haven't looked. But there are a few variables to throw in there. Um, It's an $8 million race. I don't think I'd really quite got my head around in recent years exactly what the prize pool was. Pretty significant. Massive. Yeah. I clicked on an article um, when I was doing research for the podcast, Who's Who in the Birdcage. Mm. I didn't know who any of them were. I know. Once you get into the world of influencers, <laughs> I'm completely yeah, lost. I was really lost. Yeah. Is there anyone like, who's the big name? Oh, or- thinking about people who come from Melbourne, if there's a Hemsworth and a Minogue, I'm probably going to be okay. Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, I was very, very lost. So if you are browsing the birdcage guest list and you're lost as well, you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're right with there with you. Um, Melbourne Cup Day also, we're looking at a rate rise possibly. Yeah, potentially. There's quite a few variables that are going into this, where inflation's at, where home prices are at. Um, also, there's some global headwinds that have been talked about quite a bit this week, what the International Monetary Fund said put interest rates up. Yeah. That all goes into our international capital flows. So there's all sorts of variables that we'll just have to wait and see on Tuesday. All the big four banks are tipping a rate rise. I've seen that headline a few times this that week. That happens at 2.30, that announcement. Melbourne Cup's on at 3. three? Yeah. So, yeah, it's a big hour. Big afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I know what we'll be most interested in. Yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> we won't even tell you. No. You can guess. Exactly. Rate rise on Melbourne Cup. Well. Um, Claire, WeWork, you wanted to give people a heads up about WeWork. So just to set this up before you do, this is one of those businesses that has co-working spaces. We actually have an office in one, not a WeWork, but a similar business. WeWork, though, was the sort of the original. It has more than 600 locations in 30 countries around the world. Big business and a very, I know you're going to mention him in a minute, but a very uh, charismatic leader. Mm. So that's a whole thing. But yeah, look, um, it's going to be in the news because what the markets are saying is that it will file for bankruptcy in the United States next week. It's a massive fall. Um, I'm very pleased that you've given me the floor to be able to talk about this. Well, I just thought it was a... As I, when you said to me, oh, WeWork's going to be declaring bankruptcy, I went, well, I You're thought like, it hasn't was, it already? I thought yeah. it was already such a big mm. story. I mean, there's a there's a Netflix show with yep. Anne Hathaway all about the founder and his, Jared you know, Leto. his rise and his downfall yeah. and everything. And I thought, oh, didn't we already know that it's not really a very good business? But 
<laughs> like this is the moment. Yeah, it is. And look, since then, since Adam Newman, who is the guy who was the founder and his wife and like the whole story, yeah. as you say, there's shows and books written Podcasts, about it. Podcasts, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been publicly listed. It hasn't performed very well. Just to give you a sense about how far it has crashed, when it listed, it had a share price of 390 bucks a share. It's now just over a dollar. Mm. So it's been a really big fall and it's very influential, as you say. Its scale is quite significant. So if it does file for bankruptcy and it does collapse, then there's really quite widespread implications across the world for commercial property, particularly these kind of office setups. There you go. Now I understand why we had to talk about it and it's one to watch next week. Claire, our partner on the podcast this week, before we get into Squeeze Recommends, is Sunbeam Foods. Not only does Sunbeam have some great recipes, they're a good Aussie success story founded in Mildura in Victoria back in 1926. And no doubt we have listeners in Mildura who will be well and truly across this. The recipe this week that they're suggesting is on the Aussie theme. It's an Aussie fruit cake. So we're talking walnuts, macadamia nuts, uh, pitted dates, also glacé cherries. All Sunbeam products you can easily find in the baking aisle of your supermarket. I need that cue. Sometimes I don't know where to find things. The baking aisle. Yes, where the sugar and the flour and stuff is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's right. We know it's only just ticked over to November, but we also know there'll be plenty of people out there thinking about food for the festive season already and especially fruitcake. Claire, getting that done well in advance is a good thing. Yeah, exactly. You put it away and it's just even more delicious when Christmas comes around. Sure is. For that recipe and more, head to Woolworths Recipes. A link is in your episode notes. Recommends we covered off in the first segment a little bit, those reads and listens around propaganda mm. and fake news. We mentioned in that segment, Claire, our Newshounds Media Literacy Program. That's produced by Squeeze Kids. They've done a shortcut this week on the Israel-Hamas conflict for kids. It's so well done. If you have young kids in your life asking you questions, whack that on. Just whack it on mm -hmm. and it will take care of it for you. Um, we've been quite restrained this week too, Kate, about the Beatles. You haven't talked about the Beatles. Like, I know. Yeah, much. Yeah. I didn't realise you were such a Beatles fan. Oh, massive Beatles fan. Okay. I've been to Liverpool. I did the whole Beatles oh, tour. I went to all the strawberry fields and the whole thing. Um, the new single is out. It's called Now and Then. I was really kind of waiting because I wanted to hear it, yeah. I think, before I sort of really got into it. Um it's come as a result of some musings from John Lennon. It was on a cassette tape that Yoko Ono handed over to the band in the 90s. Um, they didn't have a lot to work with, so it was kind of shelved for quite a while. Um, the advent of AI means that they've now finished it and it's a really nice song. We'll put a link to that in your episode notes, Spotify, Apple, whatever you do. It's on It's on all, the, it's on all of them, isn't mm, it? It's yeah. everywhere. Now it is, yeah, now just just on Friday. Yeah. And then? It's <laughs> a joke. <laughs> <laughs> now it is and then. Get yeah. it? Now and oh then. My God. Oh, boy. I'm too slow. <laughs> it's been a long week. Uh, Paul McCartney, of course, is touring Australia. You can't have Claire's in hysteric. That was such a bad joke. <laughs> the joke's landed. <laughs> Just. Ooh, it took a while. <laughs> oh, Paul McCartney, anyway, he's on the Gold Coast tonight. Yeah, he's had such a massive tour. I didn't get, unfortunately, to see his show when he was in Sydney, but I know plenty of people who have who said it was just awesome. Yeah. Squeeze Press, we're hiring. 
We are. We've got a space in our content team. So we're looking for people who love podcasts, who love news, who love newsletters, most importantly, love everything that we do. They're right in our world. Yeah. That's someone that we want to talk to Um, and someone who's got really good news sense. Yeah. So if you're the kind of person who in your spare time will read the news, yeah, we want to hear from you. Yeah. We want to hear from you. That's the kind of person we're looking for. Yeah. And like we talk about Monday night, you watch the news, you watch <laughs> 7.30, you watch <laughs> yeah. into Four, four corners. corners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like if you're that kind of person, um, also if you're you know, interested in what's in 60 Minutes, if you've got subscriptions to papers like The Australian and the AFR, we want to hear from you. Exactly right. It's not just about the ABC. It's, it's a strange job ad. World. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a strange job ad. We want a news junkie. Yeah, absolutely. So please send us an email to hello at thesqueeze.com.au. And finally, if you're listening on Spotify, tell us what you like about this show. They have a function where you can actually directly write to us on Spotify. It's not public, yeah. um, but it's directly to us telling us what you like about the show. We like to hear the positive things, as we always say. <laughs> if you've got <laughs> feedback, welcome to hear it as well. But Like the inbox at hello at thesqueeze.com.au is always open, but sometimes when you're on your app, it's just handy just to dive in and do it there. So yeah, we're love to hear from you. It's good to use that and it certainly helps us to grow as well, helps with the algorithm. So appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Weekly Wrap and we'll be back next week.